put a scare in everybody when you got carted off the field there. Nobody yeah. uh, did that. Without, was that just, uh, just? Yeah, I mean, I was hurting. That's it. I had a little tummy ache. Uh, you know, I had to, had to get it taken care of. But... Sir, I ain't have my wallet on me. <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, coming to you live on a lovely Monday afternoon. I'm Connor Rogers. He is Matthew Berry. Do you get chauffeured to the bathroom around here? Yes. I thought I, so. I do. And I have to tell you, like, you saw that smile on DK Metcalf's face for those that were uh, watching here on Peacock, where it is noon, but it, of course, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. The fact is, is, if you're listening to this as a podcast, the audio you heard was from DK Metcalf addressing the fact that he, ha- he was carted off the field because he had to go to the bathroom. And he had a smile on his face. And I don't know, Connor, if you've ever, if you've ever really had to go. Absolutely. And then after, and then when you, you know, and, just, and you just don't have a bathroom available to you, and so you're holding it, holding it, holding it, and then you finally, like, you know, you go... And it's like, it's this massive relief, right? You just, you just, you feel great. And the only thing that could feel better than that would be also beating the Lions. So there you go. Big win. Like, I understand why DK's got that big grin on his face. Like, kind of a double win for him yesterday. Yeah, a million points in one football game between Seattle and Detroit. Pretty yeah. unprecedented. We got plenty of Roto World headlines to get through today. Right. I think gonna... he went number two, by the way. I would assume so. Yeah, that's what I think he went. Yeah, you don't Just... act like that after numero uno. Numero uno. No. I mean, unless you've been like on a car trip for like a couple hours and then I've been a rest stop. But you, you can know... figure it out. Yeah, you figure it out. I mean, you know, numero it's dose. easier for dudes than, than it is for women. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you right. call in the, the car. Yeah, exactly. All right. Roto World headlines. Uh, We're just following the news. I'm, I apologize it. everyone. But, what do you, you want know, us to do? It is what it is. What yeah. do you want us to do? I'm yeah. sorry. Read the prompter. Let's yep. start with Jonathan Taylor here. Sure. Struggles continue. Listen, Barry, it's hard to live up to the billing of being a first-round pick. It's hard to live up to the billing of being a typical first overall yeah. pick in fantasy. Jonathan Taylor now under eight points per game over his last three games. The Colts offense, bigger concerns. But for Jonathan Taylor right now, is this are we in the mold of this is where we're at right now, or is there some kind of hope to turn this thing around and get back to being the elite fantasy running back that he traditionally can be? So I think there's two, two things, right? First off, it's the injury, and we just don't know. Understand, yeah. they play Thursday night, right? I mean, so they, they're playing they're a quick turnaround here. For a guy that came into that game already banged up, and so then he leaves. He leaves with the injury, and so the concern. I mean, you know, the NFL Network is reporting that it's quote nothing serious yep. and not expected to keep him off the field long term. But again, tight turnaround for a guy that was already a little bit beat up. So that's just that concern, right? And and I don't know that there is a one for one replacement with Taylor. Naheem Hines would be sort of the obvious guy. They have Deion Jackson on the t- field. Lindsay's on their practice squad, just in terms of guys that fantasy managers have heard of, but. Feels like it would be a committee in their Thursday night game uh, that they would play, right? So, first off, there's just I think if you have Jonathan Taylor, concern number one is is like you likely might need a, another running back for Thursday night. The positives are it's the first game of the season, so you'll uh, first game of the week I should say, so you'll know in yep. time to make an adjustment. The other concern here is you know his slow start so far this season. He's got a, just over 50 points. Right, as you see on your screen right here, 3.3 fantasy points in week four against the Titans, 12.1 the week before, 7.3 on the season. He is just merely running back 22. There is reason for optimism, however. Last year, through the first four games, he was running back 20. 2020, his rookie season through the first four games, he was running back 16. He had 56 total PPR points in his rookie year, then 52 and a half. And now at 50.2. So, all, like, he's within, you know, four or five points of the first four games of last year and the year before, each of where he finished really, really strong and was a top elite fantasy running back. I have a crazy thought, uh, Connor Rogers, which is that I actually think Jonathan Taylor might be a buy low. Let's find out what the injury is. But assuming the injury isn't serious, this is like, oh, he might miss this game. If you're off to a 3-1 and one start or even you're 2-2 two and two, but you feel pretty good about where you are, 
I wouldn't mind making an offer, like a low-ball offer for Jonathan Taylor, because even if he's not the number one running back in fantasy, which I think right now is probably Saquon Barkley, yep. the fact is is he's still going to get a ton of work on a team that's going to run. I'm nervous about this Colts offense if Taylor misses time. It pretty much it would be Pittman or bust for me. Yeah, the ball security is just a massive issue. Matt Ryan with the fumbles. There's a lot going on there to not be hopeful about, but him being traditionally a slow starter – is your glass half full approach with JT? I mean, Ryan's been brutal. I mean, there's no way uh, around hey, it. Question for you: Carson Wentz for Matt Ryan, real NFL trade? Who says no? <sighs> he went there right now. Who does? I, th- I think we know the answer. It I, has to be Wentz. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Right, I mean, like, is bad. Wentz has not been great for the Commanders, but no, he's been better but, than Matt Ryan. That's absolutely right. All right, let's move on here to a much bigger injury, Just right? Saying. Jonathan yeah. Taylor, we think, is going to be day-to-day, week-to-week. Javante Williams sounds much more serious. He was carted off. There is a lot of uh, there's a lot of assumptions going on that this could be a long-term significant injury for him. First off, getting away from Javante, because we just don't know if this is a season-ender or not. But the impact on the Denver offense, what does it do for Russ, the pass game, and what would be behind Javante? We've seen the Melvin Gordon fumbles be an issue as well. I mean, it's been it's just been you know it's been it's been tough, right? Obviously, in terms of in terms of how Melvin Gordon has played so far this year, he has four fumbles on the year. That is tied for the lead among all running backs. Now he hasn't lost all of them, but still, I mean, we saw the bad fumble on the goal line yep. in week number one. Bad fumble again uh, this week as well. You know, Melvin Gordon. Got only one snap inside the 10 after Javante Williams went down. Mike Boone got 65% of the snaps, including six to seven snaps on third and fourth down, those critical downs. Melvin Gordon, only a 35% snap share. Got one one snap, literally one snap inside the 10. And so if Javante Williams is to miss any time, and it looks like this is certainly a more serious injury than Jonathan Taylor's. Again, we don't want to be... Um, we don't want to rush to anything. We, we will see. But I believe they also play Thursday night. I believe that's the Thursday night game is Colts-Broncos. Yep. So um, it feels unlikely as we sit here on a Monday morning, and this show's doing live, it feels unlikely that we're going to have Javante Williams or Jonathan Taylor on Thursday again. A lot can change in the next couple of days, and we'll hope for the best. But assuming Javante Williams is out for at least Thursday, if not longer, I think both Mike Boone and Melvin Gordon would be priorities. I assume I haven't looked it up. Someone, Blake, do me a favor. What is Melvin Gordon's roster percentage in Yahoo? I should have looked that up before the show, and I didn't. And I apologize about that. But my assumption here is that Melvin Gordon is rostered in most leagues. For sure. You know, I'd be surprised if he's out there. But I think Mike Boone's out there in all of them. And I don't think they really trust Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's been bad. I mean, he's he has fumbled. A lot. Again, he leads the NFL in fumbles. And for a team that's had trouble generating offense, I think Mike Boone is sort of interesting here. Um, He dropped the pass as the Broncos were trying to mount a comeback. It was a a bad drop on him. But still, Mike Boone, who is flashing the preseason, uh, he was with Minnesota. You know, he left there because they just he couldn't find his way in the field with Madison and Dalvin Cook there, obviously. But Mike Boone, I think, will be a priority when we talk about waivers tomorrow right here in the Fantasy Football Appy Hour. By the way, I'm being told in my ear that Melvin Gordon's available in about 20% of Yahoo leagues. So, obviously, worth checking to see if he's out there in yours. Yeah, and just to reiterate, that snap rate after Javante went out, Boone 65% of the snaps compared to 35% for Gordon. That's the alarming number for me. So we will have if a, we have have a Melvin big, Gordon. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, I still think it's a committee. I don't think they all of a sudden want to go full Mike Boone. But my point is, is that if this is a serious injury for Javante Williams, and certainly there's concerns that it could be uh, in terms of the initial reporting, and they're doing an MRI today, which that's not, you know, like, yeah. like no one's asked to, you know, I don't have to do an MRI. Like, when they're, when they're doing an MRI, it, there is real concern there. I don't mean to be flip about it, but so... I think it would be a committee with Gordon Boone. I think there's a chance that we're talking on the next fantasy football pregame about wanting to, you know, after Thursday night games, hey, you want Boone over Gordon. More Boone talk tomorrow on Tuesday's fantasy football happy hour. But we have to get to the Sunday night football recap here in a wild, wild game with the Dude. Chiefs and the Bucks here on NBC. So, so I have been saying, oh, Clyde edwards Lair, so high. You know what I mean? Like it, last week, last week. Dude got seven carries for zero yards. Now he's getting a little involved in the passing game. How? That's so fluky. You know what I mean? Like, he's a sell high. And, by the way, I'm not alone in that. I believe, I literally believe that if you weren't saying sell high on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you weren't allowed to be a fantasy analyst last week. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was in that's the bylaws. I think, yes. we, I think we, got, we all got the same memo. I mean, at some point, 
Uh, you know, at some point, 22.4 fantasy points, another huge game for him. He catches the two touchdowns. But what's more important to me is that he got 20 touches. That's the key to work. Like, you know what I mean? I had I, one of my best bets on my one of my bets on football night in America, and I also did this on fantasy football uh, pregame, was the under on nine and a half carries for Clyde Edwards-Elair. He hadn't gotten nine carries in a game all season, in all three games, and now he's going up against the Tampa Bay uh, run defense, which is fifth best in the NFL. I'm like, there's no way he's going to get double-digit carries. I like the under of nine and a half rushing attempts. By the way, it got so high on BetMGM, it was actually minus 145. So we were all betting the under yeah. on nine and a half. When I gave the, it out, it was minus 115. It, like, so much money came in on the, on, the, on the under, it moved up to 145, minus 145, and yet we all got obliterated. 19 rush attempts, 20 total touches, a season-high 56% snap rate. It was his first game over 45%. And honestly, Connor, he looked good. Like, I he mean, did look you know, good. give credit where credit is due. He was on the receiving end of that, that magic Mahomes. Well, let's, let's see that. Oh, do we have that? Yes, let's we have it. That. And it was really – it helps when your quarterback can do this, right? This is right. not to take away so from the So he's Clyde running Edwards around night. for people watching the podcast. He's spinning around. He's doing stuff. And then he just, like, jump balls it. Over to Clyde Edwards Elaire. Now they're touching each other in the end zone. They're very excited. They're celebrating. Look at Mahomes just whoop, ah, whoop. And I'm doing my best Chris Berman impression. Like just like oh, like it just literally like it's like a Papa shot shot. You know what I mean? Like yep. when you're in Papa shot, you just sort of push it forward. You know, well, and like and that's just what he did. Ceh comes let's hear down with it. Yeah, Clyde Edwards Elaire had uh, quite the comments on the touchdown catch from his highlight reel quarterback. Man, I, don't, I wouldn't, you know, it's to me, so I'll say it's top greatest hit. But, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I wouldn't say it felt routine, but it was, uh, you know, I made eye contact with him at, at one point, and then I was like, eh, I don't think this is going to be good. Let me just kind of figure out and go this other way. And then once I kind of felt two guys in front of me, I was like, well, obviously nobody's behind me. I knew, you know, I knew the route concept that we had going on. And, you know, once I kind of seen his eyes take, come off that, that read behind me, I knew I was, you know, in, could slide back into some open, open position. So let me put a bow on the Clyde Edwards-Alaire conversation. Do you double down on the sell high now? Is this I, as good as it's going to get? I feel like it is, but honestly, the running back position is so brutal. And this success in such a huge game, off the loss to Indianapolis, coming into Tampa Bay, an emotional game for the Buccaneers given everything that's going on in Florida, and they just dominated they dominated a very good defensive line. The offensive line played great for Kansas City. CEH, even though Isaiah Pacheco got some. Yes, and, and ran hard. Jer- and, uh, ran real hard. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Isaiah Pacheco, like, yeah. you know, he was a man. But still, CEH got out there. It is now three of the four games he's had over 74 yards from scrimmage. We know it's a team that's going to be in scoring position often. No, I'm backing off the sell high. Like, okay. I, I mean, if somebody's willing to give you a first-round value for CEH, Sure. But I'm, I'm off the, hey, this is a fluke, it can't continue, because 20 touches is 20 touches. You're getting 20 touches for and an Andy Reid, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes offense, I'm in. And so, um, asked and answered. Hats off to uh, CEH. And uh, listen, you caught me some, uh, cost me some money. Bet MGM is very happy with you, Clyde Edwards Elaire. On the flip side, the Bucks offense back on track. Brady's best game of the season by far. No coincidence, Mike Evans returns, has a huge volume game, has a huge production game. Yeah, Feels we, good to trust Brady again, right? A thousand percent, by the way, as long as I'm beating myself up on having, you know, missing out on the, uh, the under on the rushing attempts. I did also on Football in America call anytime touchdown for Mike Evans. He ended up getting two. So nice he by did the way, twice. He was, and he was at plus money on BetMGM as well. As we sit here and look at some of the fantasy wide receiver leaders and fantasy points, Jefferson, of course, number one overall. But there's Mike Evans with his Eight receptions, 103 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, uh, his his form would have been an opponent last year in this game. Tyreek Hill now with the Dolphins. Then T. Higgins and, of course, DK Gotta Go. Metcalf comes in at number five as we head into the Monday night game. Those are your top five leaders here. I think what was exciting for me is not just Mike Evans doing Mike Evans things, but because uh, that's what he does. He catches touchdowns. But Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin was one of the league leaders in snaps and routes uh, run. In week number four. I mean, you know, like there was no like, hey, we're trying to ease him None back of that. in. And so that was exciting for me. Full steam ahead on Chris Godwin. And, yes, Tom Brady suddenly looked like Tom Brady. If there's one concern out of that game from last night, it's this. Rashad White is a thing. Like, they were using him down the stretch when they were trying to come back. Like, I, like 
I know they're really high on Rashad White, and Leonard Fournette is still fine, but I think maybe instead of like, the, you know, maybe it's now 75-25, 70-30 in terms of that running back backfield, whereas before it felt like it was like 80-20, 85-15 for Leonard Fournette. So I think, I will say this, when we talk about uh, waivers tomorrow, Rashad White, I think, especially if you have Leonard Fournette and you don't already have him, becomes a priority, or if you want to screw over, whoever has Leonard Fournette in your league, I do think Rashad White, who's out there in a ton of leagues, um, is really kind of an interesting player because I know they love him in Tampa Bay, and he was impressive last night. And Fournette's been dealing with little things on the lead-up to every single game at this he point. He always is, so. but that's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the game with Uncle yeah. Lenny. Right? Yeah, the Lenny experience. Yeah. Okay, to the biggest offensive output game of the weekend, the Lions and the Seahawks combined for Dude. 93 points in this game. Uh, truly an absurd offensive output. Barry, before we do get to the individual performances, do want to hear what Geno Smith had to say after the big win for Seattle. Let me tell you something. I'm always in on whatever Geno Smith wants to say. That guy's a quote machine. Yes, he is. I'm feeling fast out there. Uh, there were some lanes out there. They doubled DK on the first run. They doubled Tyler. So, you know, obviously when they double those guys, then there's no one really covering me. So um, there's just opportunities out there to run the ball and, you know, was able to get that done. Maybe exceeding your expectations? No, I can play better. Definitely not exceeding my expectations. I can play a lot better. Um, just playing better. Start with the man right there, yeah, Geno Smith. Play a lot better. 31.7 fantasy they points. They him off. He ain't right back. That's exactly right. Geno Smith on a mission right now. The Lions defense, it's bad. There's no way around it. It's awful. Yeah. The amount of points they've scored it's, in their one and three. It is, if I may, commanders-esque. Yes, there you go. I mean, uh, let's be clear here, right? I mean, they gave up almost 50, 50 points in this one, right? They gave up 48. The Lions, as entertaining they are, they're one and three. They've only beaten one team in the NFL. That's my Washington Commanders. God bless. Hail the Commanders. Hail victory. Ah. So with Geno now. Yes, sir. What do we do with Geno as how do we view him? Is he a streaming okay. option, de- opponent dependent, or is Geno actually showing, hey, I can be a viable fringe fantasy quarterback right now that's worth rostering? Because this was a massive performance for him, also and, on the ground. Yeah. By the way, I want to give a shout-out real quickly uh, to Michael Smith. Because on fantasy football pregame, are, we each made a bold prediction. Mine was about Josh Reynolds. Ended up working out. We'll talk about that in a second. But his was about Geno Smith. If I have this correct, I believe he said 330 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 30, pa- 30 rushing yards, and another rushing touchdowns. Three touchdowns um, for Geno Smith. Almost he literally it. almost nails it. Geno Smith winds up with 320 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 49 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Ultimately, a better fantasy day than Michael even predicted. Unbelievable call by my host, Michael Smith, on fantasy football per game. So shout out to him. Here's their upcoming schedule. So the answer is maybe. they play The, the next four, they're at the Saints. These are the Seahawks now. At the Saints, they're home to the Cardinals. They're at the Chargers. They're home to the Giants. And then they're at the Cardinals again. It's not so terrible. It's not terrible. I don't love the matchup at New Orleans. New Orleans, pretty good defense. Um, I don't love that particular matchup, even though, I mean, whatever. They're coming over from London, and, you know, Kirk did all right against them. But I love the home game against the Cardinals. I'm down for the home game against the Giants. You know what I mean? Like, at the Chargers, not ideal. But, like, I, I think he points but, to the Texans. But, there, so yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, he did. So, I think it depends on the size of your league. Like, it's not a definite no that he's not a streaming option. But I think what's most important here, Connor, is the fact that he's good enough and the Seahawks coaching offense has enough confidence in him that you can't just suddenly say, like, whatever with DK Metcalf, yes. whatever with, uh, with Tyler Lockett, whatever with Rashad Petty. Like, and we'll talk about the running backs here as well. But I just don't think you can write those guys off. Will Disley in a deep tight end premium league. I am semi-obsessed with Will Disley. He's my new Mo Cox. But, I mean, like, Will Disley, keep, there's something there, right? I mean, Will Disley's actually being okay, like, had a nice game here. So I just... Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know that he's necessarily uh, definitely like a streaming option, but Rashad Penny just has a monster game here, and I think that's really interesting, too. People forget how good he was down the stretch last week, right? It's the, it's the most rushing yards in a game since week 18 of 2021, right? He's averaging 
5.96 yards per carry. He's played at least 69% of the snaps in three out of four games this year. He's just getting massive usage. We've seen him be fantasy productive. He's healthy right now. And with the injury to Travis Homer, we thought, oh, maybe we'll see some DJ Dallas on third down. We didn't. We saw a little bit of Kenneth Walker not here. Not as much as we thought. No. It, they're all in on um, uh, Rashad Penny, who winds up with, as we mentioned, 18 total touches here compared with just uh, nine for Kenneth Walker. So two to one. Um, and Penny looked every bit the part of an RB1. So for those that uh, that drafted him late, I think you found yourselves – you know, somebody that you can count on. I'd want Kenneth Walker, just given the injury history of yeah. Penny. But given how well they're doing, they're 2-2, two and two, um, and he's a lot cheaper than Russell Wilson, um, you know, for another team that's also 2-2 two two for yeah. a long time. So, anyway, I do think um, I think both those guys are interesting, too. And it wouldn't be a show if I just didn't mention Will Disley. 4 for 39 in the touchdown on uh, on four targets. Again, deeper league, you know me, with, I'm obsessed with deep league tight ends. But Will Disley's on that radar. D.K. Metcalf, third most receiving yards in a game in his career. He had seven catches, 149 yards. Gino targeted him ten times. Ten yeah, times. I mean, D.K. is live and well. Yeah, listen, I had Lockett on the love list. I had Gino on the love list. I had Jared Goff on the love list. I had Josh Reynolds on the love list. Like, well, let's I let's nailed, go there. I, I nailed this game six ways till Sunday, except I had D.K. on the hate list because I thought Jeff Akuda would do a good job shutting him down. Jeff Akuda did not do a good job in shutting him down. So, uh, mea culpa there on D.K. Metcalf. But I know the rest of this game. So, let's go there with the Lions' side of the ball. You have to start with Jared Goff. QB5 yeah. through the first four weeks of the season, Barry. QB5. How many times have we said it, though? How many times have we said about Jared Goff? It's every week we have the Jared Goff Every combo. week we have the conversation, you and I. And the fact is, is that... When you give Jared Goff time, he's totally fine. And he always has time. And I think it's a great offensive line. I think what's exciting here is that, like, the the questions were, well, can he do it without the – no DJ Shark, no Sun God. DeAndre Swift is out. Like, yeah, it's Seattle, but still. Like, we recommended him as a start on on fantasy football pregame. I still had him as QB 11. I had him on the love list. I was still like, listen, I think he's going to have a good game. I think – uh, he's going to be very solid in this one. You can still trust him. Those were all things that I said. That ended up working out. 378 yards, four touchdowns, 39 times. I mean, he is he's a top-five fantasy quarterback. Here's the entire list. The entire list of quarterbacks that have more fantasy points than Jared Goff. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. That's it. That's the list. Not Justin Herbert. Not Russell Wilson, not Aaron Rodgers, not Tom Brady, not Kyler Murray, Jared freaking Goff. And so the question, at some point, you just got to say, like, this is legit. Like, it really is. So his next game, his next four games, now it gets tough. He's at the Patriots. He's at the Cowboys. He's home to the Dolphins. He's home to the Packers. So... It's one thing to be it's one thing to be, you know, QB5 against the Eagles, Commanders, Vikings and Seahawks. Only the Eagles are really a good defense of those four and that was the first game of the season. Yep. But still, I, I mean like their defense is bad and he's good. I mean like give credit where credit is due. I believe again, it's a it's a um again, it's a tougher stretch coming up here. But if you lost Dak Prescott and you picked up Jared Goff and you're like I'm just going to piece it together, I think you have a QB1 on your hands, uh, you know, and I don't think he's rostered in 100% of leagues no yet. No way. Yeah, no way. So let me frame it like this to close yeah. the door here on Jared Goff. Is their defense so bad that him dropping back 40 times a game seems, seems sustainable at this point? Yes. It looks that bad right now. And it's not, like you said, it's not about to get much easier with the schedule. So we could have garbage time. For Jared Goff, yeah. let's let's talk about Jamal Williams in the backfield here because we know DeAndre Swift is down. Yeah. Jamal Williams, 19 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns. All Jamal Williams does is score touchdowns. You have to be at the point where even when DeAndre Swift does return eventually, you don't just completely forget about Jamal Williams. That's how good he's been behind this offensive line. He, going into this game, when DeAndre Swift was healthy and active, I mean, and he's been banged up the last couple of weeks, Swift, I mean. Yep. But the fact of the matter is, is going into this game, Jamal Williams – was uh, tied for the league lead in goal-to-go rush attempts. Uh, Yes, they trust him down there. He's been very productive. He proved once again, 19 for 108, two touchdowns uh, yesterday, 23.9 fantasy points, that when given the opportunity, especially in this offense, that offensive line, he's a top-10 fantasy running back. And so, yes, I I think he is a viable flex when Swift comes back. 
But by the way, who knows when that happens? The expectation as it is right now. So again, next we talked about this. Next week they uh, next week they play the uh, New England Patriots, and then they're on a bye in week six. Then they're at Dallas, Miami, Green Bay that I mentioned. Um, so you know, and my expectation is that he comes back in week seven for the Dallas game. But uh, but yes, even when and by the way, given Swift's injury history, that doesn't even if when Swift comes back doesn't mean he won't get hurt again. I'm with you. Uh, you know, he's going to be a top ten running back for me uh, in week five, and you absolutely hang on to him through the bye. He is a must roster as well. T.J. Hawkinson continues to roll on as well. Like you know, most receptions by a tight end in Lions history. All right. Well, I mean, I don't know what else to say about T.J. Hawkinson. Start your tight ends. Yes. Uh, listen. Start Not rocket science. Yeah. Exactly. Start your Unless tight you ends against Pitts. Seattle. I mean, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, get we'll get there. But anyway, but whatever. Hawkinson did what good tight ends should do against Seattle, which is he feasted. Also, the fact that no St. Brown helped as well. But Hawkinson's a top five fantasy tight end the rest of the way. Last Rotor World headline here, Kenny Pickett. We you finally know. see Kenny Pickett. Uh, interesting debut for Kenny Pickett. 10 for 13, 120 yards. No touchdowns through the air. Three interceptions, two rushing touchdowns. It was quarterback sneak day for Kenny Pickett. Mike Tomlin uh, after the game, had an interesting quote on putting Pickett in and what the future might hold for him as they enter a tough part of the schedule. Let's hear from Tomlin. Just thought we needed a spark, man. We didn't do much um, in the first half, uh, not enough offensively, and you know thought he could provide a spark for us. Thought he did some good things. I thought you know there was some energy there. Um, we scored some touchdowns, but obviously um, we also turned the ball over. So, all right, the upcoming schedule for the Steelers right now, maybe why Tomlin did not commit fully to pick it going forward. They are at Buffalo. They are home against the Bucks. They are at Miami, at Philly. That's a bit of a four-game stretch, as you will see in the NFL, folks. There's no way around it. Barry, I want to ask you like this, putting just the picket playing storyline aside, what is the trickle effect of picket playing in this offense for everybody else? Because George yeah. Pickens looked really good with really him. Really good. He got a uh, 30% once Kenny Pickett came into the game. George Pickens had a 30% target share. He caught all four of his targets, 71 yards. Pat Fryermuth had a 30% target share. Deontay Johnson just 15%. Chase Claypool under 8%. Super small sample size, right? And it's also what were the Jets giving him. But I think we know a couple of things. George Pickens is really talented. Oh, yeah. Right? This is a kid that, Connor, you study the draft. You do a great job for Bleach Report every single year. Coming out of college... Talent-wise, there were other questions about Pickens, but talent-wise... All the talent in the world. Pickens All the talent was, a first the world. Ra- was a first-round yeah. talent, right? A lot of, a lot of yes. teams had him as a first-round talent. Again, there are other questions about Pickett that made him fall. But, right, yes. Yeah. So there were no questions about... So he's there now, right? And, by the way, I just want to say this, just as long as I'm talking about wide receivers in Pittsburgh. Every single time you see Antonio Brown do something crazy, which you did this weekend, I'll just let you Google it, Antonio Brown this weekend. Um... Every time you see Antonio Brown week, uh, do something crazy like he did this past weekend, I feel like we should go back in time and w- award another Coach of the Year award to Mike Tomlin. Like give him a – do ribbons instead. So I he mean, like just, just – yeah, yeah, like something like like you know, Cub Scout badges or yeah. something, right? Boy Scout badges, like just like, you know, Medal of Honors, you know, uh, like Purple Hearts. I, because you didn't have any idea how crazy, wa- how crazy Antonio Brown was when he was in Pittsburgh. No. And then, you know, and like Those are the Raiders and there were a couple, like a couple of things that slipped out, whatever the Facebook live thing that he did in the locker room. But you know, slow down, right? List. You know, but like, I mean, like, yep. anyway, like, whatever. Antonio Brown's a sad story. I'm not trying to yeah. make light of him. I, I think there's some serious uh, mental health issues there with AB. But what I would say here, moving on, is just Tomlin, Tomlin's a hell of a head coach and uh, has the full support of his uh, of ownership and management there, obviously. And he's not somebody that is reactionary. Having said that, he's also, you know, he's a smart guy. Kenny Pickett's the better player. Like, the question now isn't if. Now the question is when. And so, yeah, maybe you look at the schedule and say, like, you know what, let's give the kid a chance. But on the other hand, they're trying to win football games. Like, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record in his NFL career. It's unbelievable. And so I think that when we get to waivers tomorrow, we're going to talk a lot about uh, George Pickens. I do think also Kenny Pickett is worth preemptively. I Again, he is going to be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not worried about Deontay Johnson. He's still going to get his. And I do think it helps the other guys like Fryer Muth and, uh, and Pickens, who George Pickens is coming. Yeah, again, we saw it over the second half of last year with like guys like Waddle and St. Brown. Sometimes it takes rookie wide receivers a little bit. But 
like again, George Pickens is inevitable. I'm telling you guys. So yeah, him and Pickett should both be uh, pickups this week on waivers. One note on the three interceptions for Pickett: a jump ball to Claypool, a tip pass by Sauce Gardner, and a hail mary. So not the worst three interceptions in the world. Not the most egregious. No. All right, but we, and they saw positive, like we, they they saw positive things out of him that they haven't seen out of Trubisky all year yeah. long. Like and so again, Tomlin's going to look at the tape and be like, what are we doing? All right. Throw the kid to the fire. It is what it is. We're going to go to break. When we are back, we are talking Weekend Warriors. That was so good, man. I'm deprived over here. I was like, oh, I got to get in this at least one time. Like, I know I can get in there. Um, and, you know, had a few opportunities today where I was able to capitalize. Um, and so that's, that's one week. But now let's do it again. I haven't even looked at my phone yet. You know, this is, like I said, it's, it's only one week. You know, I don't want to get everyone like, super excited. Like, we got to come back and do it again. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. Can you do it throughout the entire season? You can feel the relief in Austin Eckler's voice, finding the end zone three times after not scoring the first three weeks of the season. Austin Eckler plays fantasy football. He has himself on a number of fantasy football teams that he manages. So, yeah, I think Austin Eckler, the fantasy football manager, was relieved that Austin Eckler, the NFL player, was finally producing for Austin Eckler's fantasy team. He is very, as they say, fantasy-friendly. He is the anti-Naheem Hines. Austin Eckler there, as you look on the screen, Number one fantasy leader heading into Monday night, 34.9 fantasy points, 19 for 109, and the three touchdowns. The most important thing here is that he saw both snaps inside the 10-yard line, and he was second in target share. He's been second in target share on the Chargers since the Keenan Allen injury in Week 2. I don't think there's much we need to talk about. He's rostered 100% of leagues. Everyone that has him is starting him. But just sigh of relief that Austin Eckler this week was the guy you drafted him to be in the first round. He's aware of it, and it sounds like, you know, things should be better. I thought what was also positive is that Justin Herbert looked like Justin Herbert. Healthy. Healthy, you know, no concerns over the ribs, you know, had a really nice game. They did what they needed to do against the Texans. They took care of business. So, anyway, all things are good and happy in Charger land. Next three for the Chargers. Go Chargers. At Cleveland versus the Broncos versus Seattle all before the bye. That's a good sign for Austin Eckler. All right, staying within the division, Josh Jacobs, monster day. It's hard to believe Josh Jacobs was playing in the Hall of Fame game not that long ago, and we are at the point here. Heavy snaps in the Hall of Fame game. Yes, yes, significant workload in the Hall of Fame game. That does not matter for fantasy. Uh, 28 rushes, 144 yards, two touchdowns, five catches for Josh Jacobs. And that's the thing that's like so heavy workload in the Hall of Fame game. Heavy workload in NFL games, and that's what's important, right? Not just the preseason, but that workload weirdly has carried over. We we took it as a sign common. of like, ah, well, jo- McDaniel's doesn't care about Josh Jacobs. Yep. He's going to like you know get him out there, but no, that workload has continued so far this year. He's handled eighty four percent of the team's running back touches, and you mentioned the five receptions. That's the biggest thing on Josh Jacobs is that we didn't think he would be involved in the passing game coming to the season. I'll just I'll own that. Like I thought yep. it was going to be much more of a committee. For the Raiders, the way that McDaniel's used his running backs in New England, and it hasn't been that sense, uh, that hasn't been that way so far this season. Among running backs this year, he is fourth in scrimmage yards, he's sixth in touches among all running backs. So the usage has been there on all three downs for Josh Jacobs, and so obviously the touchdowns are very nice. But you know the schedule is um, schedule's not terrible, not great, not terrible. Coming up at Kansas City. Okay, but, you know, um, you don't love that matchup, but you're not super scared of it. Then a bye week, okay. Home to Houston, you love that. At New Orleans, you don't love that. So two weeks, the bye, and at the Saints, you don't love. But, um, yeah, if you if you ended up getting Josh Jacobs, who was super low, I think this is more real than not because the usage is so massive and it's a better offense um, than not. We'll talk about some of the disappointing parts of this offense a little bit later in the show, but that part of, of, of the Raiders' offense is working. Good job on Josh Jacobs. The usage is just massive. Another running back with a huge day, Miles Sanders, 27 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns, and two catches added on to that. Let's hear from Miles Sanders on his career day for the Eagles. My, my job is to just be ready whenever they, uh, they call my number like that. Whenever they call my number like that, I'm going to be ready regardless. So, But um, uh, with the weather being the way it was, we just leaned on the offensive line. The offensive line had a heck of a game. The career highest side, you think this was the best you um, I mean, yeah, I think it could get a little better too. So, uh, foot's not off, not, foot's not on the gas yet. So, it's gonna keep going, and um, you know, just keep doing what I gotta do to help the team win. What was the, what, 
I'll just be more consistent with it, you know, so I can have more days like this for the team. Man, you see the uh, rushing stats here for the Eagles that it's between Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders right now. An incredible output of rushing production. Head coach Nick Sirianni on Miles Sanders after the game. Miles Sanders is our number one back eight. No question about it. Barry, that quote has to make you feel good about him going. Well, and the numbers back up what he's saying. 27 rushing attempts, 134 yards with two touchdowns, also two receptions. So 29 total touches. Miles Sanders, uh, in the sound that we heard earlier, mentioning the weather was bad. It was. It was rainy and cold in Philadelphia. It was ugly. Couldn't really do a lot in the passing game. And so you leaned on the run game, which, by the way, Super effective. It's a great offensive line. Here's the concern on Miles Sanders. The concern has always been a couple of things. First off, um, health. Always. He he hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his career. Fumbles have been an issue for his career. Um, And, you know, getting vultured at the goal line because they have multiple running backs. Okay. Well, so far, he has answered almost all of those issues. He's he's stopped with the fumbles, really. Um, The usage is massive. He's he's playing 67% of the offensive snaps. That's the most percentage of snaps he played this season. So that was this was against the Jags, right? He's third in total rush yards in the NFL. Um, you know, and so they're at Arizona next week. You like that? Home to Dallas, okay, whatever. Um, then they got a buy, then they're home to Pittsburgh. And and so that offensive line, as long as he's healthy, and the fact of the matter is is that when you get in close, it's really just him or hurts. And so Miles Sanders is locked in as an R B two. Like I you know me. I am not a Miles Sanders fan. I'm not a Josh Jacobs fan. This is a bad week for a couple of the guys that I've been down on. And I've mostly been proven right on both those guys. But this particular weekend, both those guys shut me up. And I am, you know, I'm more than willing to back off a position when I've been proven wrong. And I think in both these cases, their usage, uh, Jacobs in in the passing game and Sanders around the goal line has proven me wrong. Or has been corrected from uh, from what, what it was previously. So exciting to see if you have either Sanders or Jacobs. Career high in rushes and rush yards for Sanders. I think it helps that it just feels like the Eagles are always playing with the lead. That's going to help Miles Sanders it, moving they forward. Are, they are one of, if not the best team in the NFL. Yeah. They are. Like, it just, it is. It's, it's awesome. Because, by the way, the Jaguars are legit. And they beat the Jaguars pretty bad. And, I mean, the Jaguars are winning. And, anyway, Eagles are legit, man. Fly, Eagles, fly. All right, another career day, it felt like here. Damian Pierce, the rookie running back on the Texans, 26 fantasy points. He had 14 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Here's the thing that sticks out to me, Barry. This backfield is officially just Damian Pierce now, no one else. 94% of the team's running back carries over the first, last three weeks. It was the Rex Burkhead show in week one for whatever reason. Bizarre. But in week four, 70% of the offensive snaps. I don't believe... Uh, Rex Burkhead got a carry in this game. He did not. They, yeah, 100% of the running back carries went to Damian Pierce. And when he got work, he did it. Even in a tough matchup with the Chargers, 131 yards on 14 rushes. He scores the touchdown. Six receptions. He hadn't been really used in the passing game so far this year. Now only eight yards, but whatever. Six receptions. That's a touchdown. That's six receptions in PPR. That's six points. So I like it. Actually ran more routes than Rex Burkhead as well, which was something that was the reverse earlier in the season. Damian Pierce is a, you know, is a mid-tier RB2 going forward. Uh, you certainly like the schedule at Jacksonville by at Las Vegas, home to Tennessee. Those are all three matchups that I think you'll be able to run on them. All right, looking over the, being the, toughest. the Ravens who played a thriller against the Bills. J.K. Dobbins slowly getting back into the fold here. 13 carries, 41 yards. Most important parts here, rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown. Arrows trending up now for Dobbins as he's coming back from a big injury. What we've been saying all along, we want to see it from J.K. Dobbins. Yep. We, we know the potential, but we want to see it. Well, hey, well, you know what? We saw it. Seven of the nine snaps, he got seven. They had nine snaps inside the 10-yard line. J.K. Dobbins was on the field for seven of them. He's had two games since he returned, six receptions in those two games after averaging just 1.2 catches per game as a rookie. So getting more involved in the passing game, right? He saw 17 touches despite only playing 50% of the snaps. You like that usage. Now, we're heading into week five, which means Gus Edwards is eligible to come back. So what does this backfield look like once Gets Edwards is there? We will see. But still, in a tough matchup against the Bills, uh, J.K. Dobbins was terrific. I don't think you can always expect two touchdowns. But finally, you're like, okay, that's the J.K. Dobbins I believe in. It was nice to see coming fully back from the ACL. You wanted to see it? Well, now you saw it. Full steam ahead for J.K. Dobbins. All right, we'll close this out with a few guys that most likely are not rostered anymore in your leagues. Darnell Mooney, a guy with huge expectations. I mean, what do we do? What do we do at this point with Darnell Mooney? You know, look, he was the most targeted uh, Bears pass catcher, right? Which isn't 
exactly the greatest no, trophy. Like, I, I mean, like, I, you know, listen, I was, uh, like, he was in my hate list. So, by the way, you're welcome, America, because I feel like I personally got the turnaround movie got it going. Right, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was just like, he shouldn't even, forget being started, he shouldn't be rostered. This is a good game, four for 94. But, st- you know, still, that, I mean, the, the offense You're not buying this. I could, the body language is telling me everything. Do not buy into one good week from movie. I don't mind picking him back up if you want. Look, we think Darnell Mooney is talented. Their schedule is really nice. Vikings, Commanders, Patriots. So two of the next three I, I feel like are, are pretty good. Uh, Minnesota and Washington, both um, bottom 10 in the NFL in pass defense. Yeah. You can throw on both Minnesota and Washington. So, but yet... Justin Fields looks awful, man. 11, yeah, it's bad. He was 11 for 22 in this game. Like Sacked I, six times. Yeah, I just – here's what I would say about Justin uh, about Darnell Mooney. We get the upside, right? We saw it last year, 4 for 94 is certainly nice. But we've seen the floor, right? You know, and it's ugly and it's low. And so, like, I'd rather have George Pickens. Like, as we're talking about receivers, you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather go out and pick – but listen, signs of – if you've hung on to Darnell Mooney for this time, like, finally signs of life here – and as you go into waivers and somebody else got sick of him and dropped in your league, I don't mind taking a flyer on him. I'm just – I'm not ready to say, like, oh, yeah, he's back. That's the guy that everyone has a sleeper in the preseason. He's had one good game out of four. Another player in the similar mold, Corey Davis on the Jets. Zach Wilson's return. Corey Davis second in the team with targets with six in week four, five seventy four. Most importantly, caught the touchdown. Is he still kind of watch-and-see territory? I think so because I just don't think we know enough about Zach Wilson. I mean, listen – That's the biggest question. I mean, listen – Big win for the Jets. That was awesome. Congratulations. Happy Mother's Day. No question, Zach Wilson, uh, you know, had a gutty performance in this one. But I just don't know if that was something what Pittsburgh's given him. The positives on Corey Davis, three or four games this year, he's had 70 more yards, right? He's somebody that's making the most money of any of those wide receivers in New York. He was second on the team in targets in week four. However, half his games this year, he's had two or fewer receptions, right? He's fourth, ultimately, on the team in targets behind Wilson, Conklin, and Brees Hall, even though this past week under Zach Wilson, he was second on the team in targets. Feels like I still think, you know, I mean, like, listen, Elijah Moore didn't do much. Garrett Wilson, I need to, I think we want more of a body of work on Zach Wilson and what this offense looks like under him before we can sit here and say, like, yes, you want to add Corey Davis, or, yeah, you can go ahead and ignore Corey Davis. I don't have a great sense for it, other than the fact that I think, there was more positives than negatives for Zach Wilson, and that I do think the Jets' offense, there will be fantasy relevance to some of them. Like, we've seen it with Garrett Wilson. We're going to talk up Brees Hall coming up in a little bit here. Um, you know, Tyler Conklin has been, a, you know, has been a nice surprise at the tight end position for the Jets, and we've seen it previously from Corey Davis and Elijah Moore to them having fantasy relevance. So I think jury's still out. Yeah, we just need to see with Zach Wilson. They were There goes my pen. They were only healthy together last year, those first six weeks. Corey Davis averaged seven targets a game in that spot, caught four touchdowns, but we haven't seen a lot of them together. So we'll wait and see on Corey Davis. Yeah, it, it, exactly. A um, couple of the guys that had big games that I just want to mention real quick. Yeah. Jamal Agnew, everyone's looking at four for 52 touchdowns. Is he somebody I'm, I'm targeting the waiver? Only in the deepest of leagues. I mean, forget, remember, Zay Jones was inactive in this game. Yes. So as a result, Christian Kirk had to play outside, which is not where he normally plays. He normally plays in the corner. In the three games in which Zay Jones was active, Agnew played only 26 total snaps. So he just hasn't been on the field a lot. Zay Jones being out and the weather, I think, contributed somewhat to uh, Agnew being out there as well. So I, I don't know. I mean, listen, he was a guy that had, you know, a little bit of fantasy relevance last year, weeks five through 10 last season. He did score double-digit fantasy points in four of those five games. But with Kirk, with Evan Ingram, with Zay Jones, feels like the pecking order, he's down there. Unless we find out Zay Jones's injury is much more serious than we thought, I think you can safely ignore Jamal Agnew. I just want to mention it because he scored two touchdowns. People are starting to go like, oh, oh, that's interesting. Is that a thing? All right, last one. I know you've loved this player before. Mo Ali Cox, 26.5 fantasy points. He caught two touchdowns on six catches, 85 yards. We know the Colts' offense has been a disaster. Can Mo Ali Cox turn this into a little bit of a stretch here, or is this one of those uh, flash in the pan? I think it's somewhere in between. I've always been obsessed with Mo Ali Cox. Like, I think he's a nice player. Obviously, he's a, he's a great big target. It's an athletic specimen. Right, he's unbelievable. Um, 17% target share, which was nice in week four. He caught all six targets. Played 70% of snaps, which was a season high for Mo Ali Cox. And he produced. He was one of the few bright spots, especially if Jonathan Taylor's going to miss some time. They're going to have to find production some, from people that aren't named Michael Pittman. Because right now, that's the entire offense. So here's a bright spot. Having said that, Kylan Grant still had more targets. You know, Jelani Woods has the same number of touchdowns. I, I, 
you know, I mean, it is a little bit of a three-headed monster there in Indianapolis among the tight ends. Hopefully, Mo Ali Cox. So more a name to keep on your radar than somebody that I'm targeting, unless you're in a super deep league. But I think if you're in a super deep league, Mo Ali Cox is probably already rostered. But um, I do think he has the athletic ability and potential to do more. I'm not ready to be all in yet, but I do love me some Mo Ali Cox. So yes, a name to be on your radar if you're looking for a deep tight end sleeper. Go ahead, Adam. But All right, trees a must start every week. We're going to take a break when we're back. It's the Sunday Scaries, the players that let us down this weekend. Hey, I want more Matthew Berry is a thing that I'm sure you are thinking right now. I can sense it through the podcast or the streaming network that you are watching slash listening to this on. So, hey, where you can get more of me? Where do you want more of me? Well, first off, right here on Peacock, where the show is on demand, clips and full episodes. Also, on the brand new NFL on NBC YouTube channel. Check that out. Obviously, wherever you get podcasts, you can listen to the show. You don't even have to listen to it. We just want you to download, like, and subscribe. That's all I care about is download, likes, and uh, subscribes. You don't have to listen to a word we say. If you'd like to listen to the show live, you can do so on Channel 85, Sirius XM Radio at noon Eastern every day. Also, NBCSportsEdge.com slash Barry for my love-hate, my weekly rankings. All my content is free. And follow me on social media, at MatthewBerryTMR, on all forms of social media, except the Fantasy Life app, where I'm merely at Matthew Berry. Please follow me everywhere. I'm trying to TikTok more. I've heard. Yeah. Dances only, though. Dance, I'm, a, I'm a massive no fantasy advice. Oh, it's, what I'm, if you combine I'm, I'm the constantly two trending. and make a super talk? Oh, my God. Yeah, start go. sits like with a dance. Start sits with a dance. All right, like Sunday Scaries. It is time to, unfortunately, once again, have our weekly Kyle Pitts conversation. One catch for 25 yards. One catch. I mean... You know, do Lawrence Jackson and I need to do, like, a WWE wrestling video every week? Like, I thought we solved this last week. We finally did. Mariota was awful. Seven completions. But here are the Titans with more fantasy points than Kyle Pitts and PPR. Tyler Conklin, Will Disley, Mo Alley Cox, O.J. Howard, Colby Parkinson. Kyle Pitts is hands down the biggest disappointment in fantasy football this year. His upcoming schedule, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Carolina. Now, we saw Kelsey have a huge game last night. You can't attack the middle of the field against Tampa Bay. Mariota was bad. So the question is, do they, at what point do they go, do they go somewhat different? The weird part is Atlanta won that game. I mean, that's the problem. So I, I think feels like you got to keep, because of the route participation, because it's such an ugly mixed bag out there, you probably still got to keep rolling them out there. But I'm definitely not dropping him, but, I, you know, no, no, and he's yeah. no longer a must-start. But I do feel, I, as insane as it sounds, I do feel like he's too talented. Better days are ahead for Kyle Pitts. All right, moving with to another tight end, but Darren it's, Waller. I mean, it's maddening. Darren Waller has had a uh, tough start to the season. Three catches, 24 yards. Just doesn't seem to be involved in this Raiders offense like everybody else's, and that's counting Matt Collins. He's averaging just six targets a game, which is down from the eight and a half that he averaged last year as well. Each of the last two games under 25 yards. I'm hoping that so they play the Chiefs next week, and then they've got a bye. So I'm hoping that maybe through the bye they figure this out. He's too talented, and they're one and three. They need Darren Waller involved if they're going to go anywhere this year. The positives are they're looking for him in the red zone, right? He's gotten seven red zone targets so far through four games. That's nice here. What I would say is, is that both with Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller, the analysis is sort of the same, is that the idea that they were going to be top five fantasy tight ends, I think that's at least at the moment out the window. Having so they're more touchdown dependent. They're more like, I hope it's a good game. But their skill set is such that they have a better chance at a good game than some of these other sort of randos, you know, that you're kind of hoping like, oh, what do you know? Colby Parkinson, you know, caught one or whatever, right? I just, you know, like, hey, you know, right? right. Anyway, so I just, I feel like they're less of a sure thing. But then unless, they're, you, unless there's an available sure thing at tight end, you know, and there aren't that many. Like, I do think Gerald Everett is legit there. But other than that, like, I don't think there's a lot So um, uh, in terms of guys that might be available. So you're probably just continuing to start them and hope for the best. Unfortunately, they're now in the – you're starting this tight end and hoping for the best territory with these guys, whereas before you're like, oh, that's not a problem. Moving over to wide receiver Michael Pittman. We know how much of a letdown the Colts' offense has been. Unfortunately, that has now trickled over to Michael Pittman. Three catches, yeah. 31 yards. Yeah, he was on the love list. I thought he would eat against Tennessee. I, I just didn't understand what an absolute horrific disaster Matt Ryan would be. I don't think anybody has, saw this coming. I mean, like, 
you know, sack after turnover after turnover after sack after just – he looks old. He looks bad. The line stinks. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is I think we thought the line would be good and the yep. line has been bad. It's just been bad. But here's the thing. Through the three games that he's played, remember he missed the one game in week three, he's got 28 targets. He's still getting a massive target share. Um, Matt Ryan, for all of his ineptitude, he's top 10 in pass attempts this year. I mean, they're throwing a ton. And especially if Jonathan Taylor is going to miss, like it's, it's just it's not going to be as efficient, but just volume will, will get you there with Michael Pittman. This was a weird game. It should have been better against Tennessee. And you don't love this matchup on Thursday night at Denver. But uh, I, I'm not bailing on Michael Pittman yet. I still think he's a top 15 fantasy wide receiver. I think just bad day at the office for a really talented guy. All right, moving on to Terry McLaurin, your commanders, two catches, 15 yards. We know they are throwing the ball a ton. But for some reason, McLaurin's target share is just down this year. Yeah, I mean, I, they have other weapons, right? Yeah, I mean, Dotson. Curtis Kermit Samuel, John Dotson, Logan Thomas is back healthy. They're using the running backs, of course, and McKissick and Gibson. Um, but what's positive here, Carson Wentz ranked second in pass attempts through four games. Um, they play Tennessee, the Bears, and Green Bay, and then Indy. So three of those four defenses coming up don't scare you. I think better days are ahead for Terry McLaurin, lower end wide receiver too. But, uh, you know, he's too talented, and they're throwing too much. Again, same with Pittman, just bad day at the office against a tough defense. Gabe Davis, one catch, 13 yards. Jamison Crowder out with a broken ankle. Gabe Davis, this, I mean, he was out there, ran a million routes, was in on every snap. It just wasn't a big produ- productive day for him. Yeah, it was a weird one for him. And I wonder if maybe the, this ankle injury that is hampering him a little bit here, um, right? You know, but I feel like better days are ahead, especially given the fact that we, we, we've gotten news that Jamison Crowder out with a broken ankle. You expect an increase in uh, production from Isaiah McKenzie, who scored in three or four games. Now, remember, he left week four with a concussion. We'll see how he, he's now in the pro call. We'll see how that goes for week five. Gabe Davis is, again, too talented. It's one game, I, or it's been a couple games here with Gabe Davis. Uh, Pittman, McLaurin, Gabe Davis, I'm not panicking with any of them. Or Amari Cooper, who I know had a brutal day. But, again, he's, had, he's been good two of the last three weeks. I'm hanging tough with all of them. All right, we're going to take a break. When we are back, it is time for Last Call, giving you our best Monday Night Football props for tonight. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code PEACOCK, and your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code PEACOCK to make your first wager risk-free, up to $1,000. It is time for Last Call. And as we do every Monday, a little Monday Night Football best props. For me, Barry, I'm going Debo anytime touchdown because it's plus money. Debo is plus 115 to score tonight. That can be through the air, on the ground. I, try, I don't know if I trust the Niners, but I trust Debo. Where are you going with this? You know what? I'm going with the Rams. I mean, I, I, I like the Rams getting points, right? They're, getting, they're actually getting plus two on BetMGM right now. They're plus two. I, I think that I'm not... You know, I know everyone says, oh, Shanahan, you know, owns Sean McVay, but I think very different teams. Uh, think about that beat-up offensive line and Jimmy Garoppolo and think about the defensive line of the Rams. The Rams getting points? Give me the Rams plus two against San Francisco. Real quickly, Fantasy Life app just gave me an alert. NFL Network reporting Javante Williams tore his ACL oh. and his season is done. So much more. We talked about Mike Boone and Melvin Gordon at the top of this show. We'll be back Mike tomorrow. Boone will obviously be one of the leaders in terms of waivers tomorrow. We have that show tomorrow. So tough break there for uh, Javante Williams, his family, and fans. So uh, best wishes on a speedy recovery for Javante Williams. So, um, Connor, you're back tomorrow. I'm back tomorrow. We will All be right. talking plenty of waiver wire action. We will all follow you on Twitter at Connor J. Rogers for Connor Rogers. My name is Matthew Berry. And listen, you don't have to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. It is last call for all of us here on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Good luck. We will see you tonight for Monday Night Football. And then tomorrow, peace out. <laughs>